sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of today's show on Sunday, I'm going to get to spend extended time with Paul Bovey. We're going to break down the world of NFL, what teams we like, what teams we don't come into the season, who we can make money with right away, how we approach the preseason um, and we're going to go through each of the eight divisions, talk about one team that we either like or dislike from all eight. So it should be a good discussion uh, with Paul Bovey, a guy who I have an enormous amount of respect for uh, as a full-time professional better, a guy who's been around the block once or twice. But before we get into Paul, we got to talk about the opening of the NFL training camps. It's hilarious, all right? Make no mistake about it recognize that for every NFL team, there are multiple beat writers. You know, you have the morning paper, you have the other paper, you have the alternative paper. You usually have three or four beat writers for every team in the NFL. Every one of those writers, especially the ones from the bigger papers, they need stories. They need stories every day. They need headlines every day. So what happens? We get all kinds of stories. <laughs> at the start of training camps. And if you've been reading the NFL news this week, you know what I'm talking about. D. Ford got cut. Okay. Jimmy G's on the trading block. Okay. Zeke Elliott's under pressure this year. Okay. Leonard Fournette's fat. Okay. D.K. Metcalf. First he wasn't playing in Seattle, but now he signed a contract. Okay. None of these are factors in any way, shape, or form when you're talking about what this NFL season is actually going to look like. And when you talk about the odds and changing the odds, what's actually going to be a factor in that regard? Not one of these is a factor in any way, shape, or form. This is what's a factor, okay? Injuries are a factor right now in July when a team suffers, or here, we're moving to August this weekend, but it's still July today. At this stage of training camp, the only reports I'm, I mean, there's some reports I'm interested in. I can't say the only reports I'm interested in because I want to know how the offense is practicing against the defense and if they move the football and if they couldn't, you know. And certainly when you see something like the reports we've seen out of the Washington Commanders <laughs> so far this week where basically uh, they're like the offense couldn't move the football against the defense in practice and then they couldn't move it again the next day and you know you have a new coordinator and a new quarterback and new players and a veteran head coach who may or may not be around for a while and you know there's nothing alike about the practice reports from Washington right now uh, just as one example of something you can pay attention to at this time of the year that, hey, you put it in the back of your head, this offense isn't working just yet. But the one factor that does matter right now are injuries. And one of them, I mean, huge injury for Tampa Bay. Don't underestimate offensive line injuries. Okay, Ryan Jensen, the Buck center, got hurt. He's going to be out for a while. We don't know yet the full extent of that injury. That's an impact injury for Tampa Bay. That's a bigger injury than any team has suffered yet so far this preseason. 
those are the type of things we're going to pay a lot of attention to. And it is worth noting, all right, this is a key nuance that I'm not sure everyone recognizes. So I'm going to talk about it for a minute. When it comes to preseason injuries, you'd way rather have a major injury the first, second week of preseason, week one of the preseason, than you would later in the preseason. And that's the situation here for Tampa. When you have a key guy that gets hurt at the start of August, you know, or the end of July, the start of August, the team's got five weeks, four or five weeks before games start to figure out a game plan, maybe to bring another veteran in somewhere, uh, and the, the options are fully open. Okay, they can season-wide game plan for that type of injury. When it comes to the injuries that are going to happen later in training camp, all right, where teams don't have a month to make a game plan, where they have a week to make a game plan, where a key cog all of a sudden that they're relying on for whatever this season. And again, don't be fooled by the skill position players. The media is going to report more about the skill position players than they are going to report about the guys who are more anonymous on the offensive and defensive lines. But it's not the skill position players that I'm freaking out about now when it comes to injuries. It's the guys in the trenches. <laughs> you know, It's the long snapper. It's the nickel cornerback. It's the guys that aren't necessarily going to affect the betting markets at all. But their absence will absolutely affect how that team is going to perform. And again, when it happens at the end July, early August, team has more time to game plan. They can make, them even make a swing a deal or take advantage of guys that got cut, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when these injuries happen later in training camp, and there's something definitely to be aware of over the course of the next couple of weeks. You have a major injury week two, week three of training camp. Now the team doesn't have all that much time to respond to that injury. Now the ability to replace that injured player can become a significant problem. And those are the injuries we pay a whole lot of attention to, not Leonard Fournette's weight or D. Ford getting cut. There you have it. More NFL discussion coming up in just a moment. I'm telling you, Paul Bovey, it's a good guest. We're going to break it all down from a Las Vegas perspective when coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I always like it when I can get some of uh, the Wall Street guys, I call them, on the show. Uh, I've had Drew Martin on a number of times, obviously Paul Bovey, uh, today's guest. Guys who have an experience when it comes to investment strategies, I find they tend to be better than average sports bettors, and they tend to give better than average uh, analysis on why they're begging, making the bets that they're making. So I'm excited to bring in uh, Paul Bovey today, a former Wall Street exec who's been making his living pretty much exclusively betting on sports for, what, the better last uh, 20-plus years or so. Paul, welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers. Well, I want to say that's true, uh, Teddy, but I'm a jack-of-all-trades. I play the stock market. I do a number of other things. I dabble in real estate. 
but I do look to make money in sports, and I've been successful at it, and uh, it's it's all about preparation. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But, yeah, that Wall Street uh, career really set me up for this uh, sports betting uh, gig, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be involved and meet people like yourself. It's been a wild ride. Sure, and of course, Paul. Uh, you know, while I'm sitting here grinding away, I, I did uh, Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci on Thursday night, and I was making fun of you. Uh, so I figured I'll tell you to your face. Uh, but I'm like, Bobby doesn't know what he's talking about. He's in Mexico all summer, man. The guys who are grinding. That's who you. You know, I think you and I had a different opinion on some team that we were talking about. Like Paul doesn't know what he's. He's chilling on the beach all summer. Uh, what are you doing this summer? Tell me about uh, where you're hanging and the lifestyle you get to live as a professional better. So, Teddy, I am in Mexico, true. However, the humidity here is through the roof. The temperatures are through the roof. So I feel like I'm back in Vegas in 2012 (laughs) when I didn't venture out of my apartment for a six-hour window between like 10.30 a.m. to 4.30 because the heat was just overwhelming. So really, I'm back in the same situation, but thankfully, I am on the water. I have a nice pool. I have a nice ocean so I can cool myself off when necessary. But I am now relegated to uh, studying my NFL and college football during the afternoon hours when I will not venture outside. And that's, again, that's an advantage to being in Vegas. It's literally, you're absolutely right, from about, you know, 11 or noon till about 5 or 6. You ain't going anywhere unless you have to. <laughs> you're sitting in the air conditioning, or if you want, you can sit by the pool and jump in every 15 minutes. But it gives you that natural built-in window to get your football prep done. And that's something I think that's been at least a part of the reason why I've been pretty darn good in September over the years is because the prep work gets done every summer because there's nothing else to do when it's a thousand degrees outside. So, you know, here it is. It's still July, okay? And we're talking NFL, all show, in the last week of July, six weeks before the start of the regular season. Let's explain why. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, you know, you'll probably uh, steal my thunder. So you know what I'm going to do because you're a smarter guy than me. So I'm going to I'll go first. And <laughs> to me, it's it's all about preparation. You know, there's been a resounding change in the league over the last 20 years, and the anatomy of the process has transformed. That it now becomes necessary to get a jump step on the competition. Uh, through preparation because there's massive amounts of player movement and it's made the league a lot more complex and it requires much more prohibitive analysis to dissect the strengths and weaknesses of each team. Uh, You know, if one is thinking they can open up a newspaper uh, a week before the season starts and get a good handle on the NFL, it simply won't happen. And that's putting aside all of the opportunities that exist in the futures market and that will close when the sharp bettors obviously exploit those numbers. So the rosters obviously change quite a bit, free agency, the draft, and once those things kind of settle in, there's value, and that value will be neutralized by intelligent bettors who exploit, as I said, those imperfect numbers. And every number is going to be, even numbers at kickoff are imperfect. But when you're talking about the earliest portion of the sports betting window for 
NFL and college football, you will see numbers at this time of the year over the summer months that just won't be there come August, later August, and September, whether it comes to win totals, whether it comes to point spreads for various games. The initial variance in the marketplace, and there's sometimes dramatic variance in the marketplace off the bat, it just doesn't last. So you talk about being prepared in August for games that aren't played in September, uh, until September, and conceptually, what you're getting with your work now is, can this team withstand injuries? How am I going to react when the injuries start to strike? Or is this team, uh, is there a measure of confidence that you're seeing in some of the quotes, uh, a comfort level with an offense or a defense uh, that maybe wasn't there uh, a year ago? And of course, you're looking for reports uh, like the ones we've been seeing all week about the Washington Commanders and their Carson Wentz-led offense that hasn't been able to complete a pass or get a first down uh, against the defense just yet. So these are the type of things you can use now that will pay dividends in September and beyond. Here's a question that I didn't send you in the, in the uh, 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 I, of course, with all my guests, I tell them most of what I'm going to send them. Uh, most of what I ask them on air, I send them a show outline. But here's one I didn't put in the show outline that I just thought of. You've done a ton of off-season prep. All right, Team A, let's, let's just, I'm going to pick a random team here. Uh, the Chargers, all right. You and your numbers say that, and all your offseason research says the Chargers are going to be great this year. You're playing, you're playing them to win the division. You're playing them to go over their win total. Maybe you're putting a future on the Chargers to win the AFC or the Super Bowl, just as an example. And then you watch the Chargers play the first two weeks of the regular season, and they stink week one and they stink week two, and they're nothing like what you thought they were going to do. How do you react? Are you looking then to say, hey, all my preseason work is garbage and I was wrong about this team? Are you saying, hey, there's a ton of value on the Chargers right now? (laughs) And the fact they played poorly the first two weeks, they become a bet-on team, not a bet-against. Talk about that conceptually for me a minute, uh, Paul. It it depends. Okay, so some teams are bringing in new schemes. They may be going from a power-blocking offensive line scheme to zone-blocking or vice versa. And when you have that transition, oftentimes you're going to have rough spots at the beginning of the season. So you have to weigh that out, and you have to decipher what is causing the problem. And you know what? You may have mishandicapped it. It's, it's possible, but I think it's a case-by-case basis where you just have to look at what's going on. And by the way, just to add to your point, value is the major component of long-term betting success. So if you don't seize the early numbers, by the way, and you lay a dollar forty instead of a dollar twenty, you may cash. But if you continue to do that, uh, you're going to pay the price of procrastination. So uh, the work in the NFL is actually unlimited, and you have to discern what you consider critical to your handicapping strategies in order to, you know, cherry pick what you need to know. Now, getting back to your question, it really is a case-by-case basis. I I can't answer the question, look, I've been fooled before, uh, but normally I get it right because if you you do the work, uh, chances are, you know, in in the long run, you're going to be right, although injuries are things you, you can't factor in, so you just don't know what's going on. And, of course, training camp has many surprises. Of course, yesterday, 
yesterday the Tampa Bay center, who has not missed a start for five years, he, he goes down with an injury that they Yeah, I talked about that right at the top of the show, uh, Paul, with the, the injuries. that like The only thing that matters at the beginning of training camp is those injuries. But it's definitely worth noting. I don't mean to cut you off, and I'll get back to you after the break, but it's important to note, as a handicapper, you're not a politician. You're allowed to flip-flop when things change, whether via injury, whether via schematics, or otherwise. More with Paul Bovey after the break. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're talking with Paul Bovey here on Cover It with Teddy Cover, Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And yeah, I understand it's the last week in July. I don't care. We're talking NFL. Football is king. And off-season prep slash preseason prep for the NFL, a huge factor in making money in September and beyond. Now, Paul, you said something before the break that I wanted to factor in. We're talking about changing our opinions on teams, yes or no, after a couple of rough, uh, of surprising results in September. And you brought up the injury factor. You said no one can predict injuries. And I agree with that. However, one thing you can predict is whether a team has depth or not, has quality depth or not. And if you do your work in August in July and August, you can find the teams that are going to be more capable of withstanding injuries than others. Would you agree with that, Paul? Is that something that you uh, that you found yourself able to do in preseason preparation is analyze which squads are deeper and which squads a couple of key injuries are going to wreck their season? Well, absolutely. Uh, when you're betting a win total over, you want to look at the backup quarterback. How many times does a quarterback go through a 17 or in past years a 16-game season without uh, having to ride the pine for a week or two because of an injury? Or, you, or go out during the middle of the game uh, because of an injury. So you, I, I think that's something you really have to determine. You, know, you look at the Vikings, and behind Kirk Cousins, you got Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. And then you look at other teams, and you mentioned Carson Wetz, and you got Taylor Heineke, who's been a serviceable, if not capable, starter in the NFL for the last few years. So that's something you definitely have to focus in on. I look at that on the offense, offensive line, secondary. Uh, those things are important. They're critical. Yeah, and when it comes to position groups, you know, you right there when it comes to depth, you nailed probably my number one and number two most important positions to have depth on. If your offensive line has no depth and you get injuries, your season's over. <laughs> if your secondary has no depth and you get injuries, your season's over. Uh, you know, the quarterback's going to get all the headlines. The wide receiver's going to get all the headlines. The skill position guys get all the talent. But uh, sorry, not the talent. I get all the publicity. But. The reality is that you know winning in the trenches matters. Not getting burned again and again on the deep ball matters as much as any other factor in the NFL. Now, as we approach the preseason of 2022, obviously the Hall of Fame game coming up this next week, and then the start of the preseason. We'll talk about preseason in just a moment. 
Uh, but, I mean, conceptually for the NFL, is there anything you're thinking about scoring up or down, dogs live or dead? Do you have any, uh, any rule changes stand out to you? Uh, general overview thoughts. And if the answer is no, it's case by case, tell me that. The answer is no. You know, I'll just lead into this. I'm a horse player. Okay, when I play the horses, I don't play pick fives or pick fours. I concentrate on race by race. What's in front of me right now? And I take it from there. So it just may be a situation where I might look at week three and say, well, looks like a dog week. Going to be 11 dogs that are live here, whereas the next week it could be all favorites. I, I, just, don't, I just don't handicap that way. So And a lot of the guys I talk to take a very similar approach where it's like, I'm not looking at anything big picture, okay? It's this matchup versus this matchup and that matchup versus that matchup. Uh, and, and that is the broader picture of what they're trying to look at as opposed to, oh, yeah, I'm generally looking to play some overs this year. Uh, yeah, I want to play dogs off the get-go. Uh, many, of the, many of the winning betters that I talk to don't fall in to those type of rules, per se. Let's talk well, about preseason. By the way, that's a separate question. Uh, if you're asking what I play, as opposed to looking for trends in the league, I do concentrate on on dogs. I concentrate. I play more overs. I understand that may be square, but uh, that's what I do. But it's not like I'm going to say, all right, this year we're going to go into 2022 and because of rule changes or quarterbacks or injuries to defensive backs, I think you're going to see 56% overs. And the books do a fantastic job at balancing those numbers at the end of the year. You will rarely see a case, although public perception may be different, that you have 56% overs. It just doesn't exist. Speaking of public perception being different, Let's talk about betting the NFL preseason. Many of the guys that I talk to, myself included, look at August football as being a positive expectation situation. When the coaches actually tell you what they want to do before the game, well, that's a benefit. <laughs> Sometimes, if you can find good info, NFL preseason. Do you bet it? Do you beat it? And what are the concepts that you're looking for? First of all, 85% of a message is revealed non-verbally. So I'm not going to rely on the coaches to tell me what they're going to do, but you have to figure it out. Now, if you aspire to bet the NFL on a professional level and you don't bet the preseason, you can't be a professional because uh, you may be smart, you may win, but you have to bet the preseason because there are advantages. And you have to change your handicapping methods, adopt new principles, because it's based on motivation. It's based on depth. It's not so much based on talent. In fact, talent takes a back seat by far and away to those other two factors. So yes, I do uh, bet the preseason. If you don't, you're relinquishing potential profits because you've been taught that it's too unpredictable. And sometimes you have to displace that and change your mindset with the understanding that it's easier to dissect motivation, which is the single most important component uh, when it comes to the preseason rather than talent. So motivation, 
steps in that order, adopting different principles, and yes, you should be betting preseason. And if there's one line from week one preseason that stands out as proof that it's not about how good the teams are, it's not about talent, it's about motivation and depth and coaches' game plans, well, let's see. If the Bears were playing the Chiefs during the regular season, what do you think that point spread would be, Paul? <laughs> where uh, where are we in, playing? It's in Chicago. Might, okay, so I might be biased. I already played the Bears under the six and a half. So uh, playing in Chicago, probably Chiefs by by eight to nine. Yeah, sure. That's I was going to say. Kansas City's going to be laying a touchdown or more in that game, whether it's you know seven and a half, whether it's nine and a half. In the preseason, week one, Bears minus two and a half over the Chiefs. Which, mm-hmm. t- I mean, nothing could be clearer. You know, again, there's no quarterback rotations now. All right. <laughs> it's not like a situation where, oh, yeah, yeah, everyone knows how much playing time the QBs are going to get, or this coach is looking at this and that coach. No. This is about talent level doesn't matter in August. And many times, your best bets in August are going to be coming on the worst teams in the league because they've got depth and they got something to prove in August, whereas the teams that are competing for championships oftentimes not so much. Agree or disagree, Paul? I, do, I agree. And by the way, Andy Reid, 42 and 45 straight up during his tenure uh, with the Chiefs. So that would play into it. Obviously, he's neutral when it comes to motivation. You just throw it out. Uh, And there are those coaches, and, you know, we can talk about week one for a second and allude to Jim Harbaugh, who's 40-12. and And the Ravens open up as four-point favorites, and I think that line could only go one way based on pedigree and what Harbaugh has done since 2015. They have not lost a football game in the preseason since then. Yeah, it's been 20 consecutive wins uh, for the Ravens. And again, that line opened, the Baltimore-Tennessee line uh, opened for preseason week one. That was two and a half and got bet up to three. Um, And now, obviously, we're looking at four and a halfs out there. And I'll tell you what, by kickoff on Thursday... It ain't going lower, <laughs> you know. Yeah, one uh, way. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a lot of times when you talk to bookmakers, you know, and I talk to bookmakers all the time here in Las Vegas. It's one of the uh, things I like about living here is that you get the advantage. You know, you have the opportunity to talk with the guys that you're trying to compete against. And we talk with the bookmakers. They say one thing stands out for preseason. Lots of one-way action games where just nobody is betting the other side. Agree or disagree? Uh, well, the line movement would tell you that because you, you, it's not uncharacteristic to see a three- to four-point move. Uh, it's an illiquid market, a uh, limited play. You might walk into a place and want to play a nickel, and they might say 300, and with that you're going to have volatile lines, and people will just play it at any price. So, um, yeah, that's probably true, and that's one of the reasons why you have to get the jump on these preseason lines because therein, again, lies the concept of value. And two-and-a-half two on the Ravens, given that 20-0 and run, is just a stupid number. It's a mistake, especially against the Tennessee team 
a, t- a Tennessee team, which I don't think has much at all, and with a bunch of guys coming off ACL injuries. Sure, and it's definitely worth noting, and we'll talk about this a little bit more after the break, but the two and a half in the regular season, a huge factor from a point spread perspective. You know, two and a half versus three versus three and a half. In the preseason, not so many games get won by a field goal, and every coach goes for two when they're down by one at the end of the game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't miss anything from our programming. Go to Twitter and follow us at SportsGrid, at SportsGridTV, at SportsGridRadio to stay informed all day long. You'll see clips, breaking news, updates, and pretty much everything else at SportsGrid, at SportsGridTV, at SportsGridRadio. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And, of course, you can follow today's guest, Paul Bovey, on Twitter at Paul Bovi, B-O-V-I, at Paul Bovi on Twitter. And Paul, before the break, we were talking about betting the preseason, why we like to bet the preseason, things we look at and things we don't. I, I want to make a I want to make a special note to, to that in the regular season we spent all this time worrying about capturing the three and uh, plus three and a half versus minus two and a half. In the preseason, one. And two are the key numbers, far more than three. Uh, any other rules of thumb for preseason that stand out to you? No. Uh, it's just that these, if you're playing unders, you you know, obviously these numbers are coming in very low. Uh, you see a lot of 31s. Chargers Rams are at 31, 33, 34. So you really got to suck it up, but there's reasons for that. You're being baited into playing the over, but oftentimes it, it – does go under because you're you're getting second, third, fourth string quarterbacks, and that's just the way it goes. So uh, be wary of that. Don't always get sucked in by a very seductive number because oftentimes you'll be misled. So how about uh, give us a free play? Give us something that uh, you bet that uh, uh, my audience might be interested in uh, for week one uh, of the NFL preseason. Okay, I took the Raiders over the Vikings, and I mentioned before that Minnesota, as you know, Zimmer's gone, they bring in a new coach, and they're integrating a new offensive line scheme. So I think it's safe to say that in game one, they're not going to expose their $35 million man to the wrath of a disorganized offensive line that may have a few holes as a result of the transition, and I'll like this even more if the Raiders lose a Hall of Fame game because you got a new coach in there, and I look for new coaches. Josh McDaniel has not been uh, head coach since 2010 with the Denver Broncos, and in that year he was unceremoniously dumped three-quarters of the way through the season. So he's got something to prove. Now, it's a home game for the Raiders, first one. So I think you'll have uh, automatically an advantage because the Raiders will be in their second preseason game, and he's going to want to establish a winning culture. So I think Minnesota will have some uh, issues on that offensive line. You've got three uh, basically veterans in there, 
who uh, have to adjust to something brand new. And I, and I, I think it's, it's going to be problematic. Their right guard, by the way, Jesse Davis, stinks. They do have talent. I think they will uh, make a run for the division. But again, preseason, you have to separate it from the regular season and integrate a different strategy when it comes to handicapping. Take the Raiders, lay the two and a half. That, of course, not the Hall of Fame game. That's week one of the preseason, and that's Sunday afternoon football. That's a national TV game, Raiders and the Vikings in late afternoon action, Sunday the 14th. I do want to ask you, when it comes to Josh McDaniels, you know, again, it's been a decade since he was a head coach, but he didn't care at all about winning with the Broncos. 0-4 straight up the first year in Denver, 1-3 straight up the second year. So that gives him one win in eight previous preseason games. Does that concern you at all? No. Actually, the games were somewhat competitive, and they were higher scoring. I did look at them. Most of them went over. I think there was a 19 nothing game in there that went under. But uh, he's an offensive-minded coach, and I think they will score. And I think that... Uh, the Raiders' weakness, if anything, would be on the defensive side of the ball, and that's where Minnesota will struggle. So it, it, it gives me a leg up on this, and I, I think he'll, you know, he's an offensive mind coach. This is the way guys think. They want their offense to look good. I don't think he wants to go into that first game, and the fact that it's national TV is even better. He wants to show the world that the Raiders are back, baby. And uh, I think the Raiders are going to struggle this year, by the way. They have a lousy offensive line. They're going to have some trouble. Cars had 40 sacks or had 40 sacks last year. Their right tackle, Leatherwood, allowed eight sacks. But this is the preseason. It's completely different. Yeah, it is worth noting uh, that the national TV aspect of that game is on the NFL network. So it's on, not, not on one of the major networks, but it will be on nationwide. So let's talk about some divisions right now. Um, we're, 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 start, we're starting to run out of time, man. There's so much I want to ask you. Um, I want a, a, an opinion, whether it is a positive opinion or a negative opinion. Let's start in the AFC East. Sure. Anyone you like, anyone you dislike. I bet the Dolphins uh, win total over 8.5. I would take it all day long. I think they, uh, they strengthened their offensive line which is what they had to do. Uh, they had problems there last year. They kept their defense intact. Six games over the last nine last year, they held opponents to less than 200 yards. They added a quality running back at Mostert, uh, who will shoulder the load as opposed to Miles Gaskin, who averaged only 3.5. Uh, only problem is Ray Tycho Eichenberg. So I'm looking for the Dolphins to go over the number. They also brought in Connor Williams, from Dallas on the offensive line, Armstead from New Orleans, although he only played 97 games in nine seasons. But the Bills are going to dominate. The Bills have uh, check all the boxes here. I, I don't see any issue. They brought over two guys from Tennessee on the offensive line to strengthen that area. Singletary stepped up 4.6 yards a carry, and they now have, uh, you know, they got rid of a few guys. Uh, receivers, but they still have Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Jamison Crowder, and I just don't see many weaknesses in the Buffalo Bills. So I, this is going to be a fairly competitive division because the, the Pats still brought back some talent. I don't think they'll be great. They brought over Shaq Mason, 
uh, or they lost Shaq Mason, but they'll they'll be decent. And uh, you know, I think it, it it could be an interesting division. Bills get it. So you talked about Miami at eight and a half. Um, is that number still out there? I'm, I'm seeing mostly nines uh, on the Dolphins at this stage of the game. Uh, and again, we talk about why do we do the work early? Because you get numbers that aren't going to be there. Um, have you, have you, you know if there ain't any eight and a half still current for Miami? Because uh, that's a bet I certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of making. I'm just not sure you can find it right now. So I, I laid a dollar forty-five, and you have to. You know, what are these half wins worth? So if you're going nine, I checked yesterday, it was nine over 21 or eight, eight and a half over 45, and it's not even a decision. So I actually took some over uh, nine and a half at major plus money because I definitely think they can get the 10 wins. So you got to look around on these win totals because some guys are just, or some books are just slow. They, they just don't adjust. They, uh, you know, they got, I looked, I worked in, at one point in Costa Rica, and some of these guys just don't pay close attention. And uh, the number just, you know, it's, it's, it sits there. So got to look around. You got plenty of venues. Take the time, look around, and uh, get the best number. So in the AFC South, you have two opinions, and there's definitely a correlation between the two. Talk to me about the Colts and the Titans and what you expect at the top half of the AFC South. I have Indy to win this division. The only issue with Indy is they got Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell, 34 career receptions, uh, no Pascal, no T.Y. Hilton. They got a great defense. A very solid offensive line, although they did lose Gowinski to the Giants. Two guys, left tackle Pinter and Pryor, allowed zero sacks last year. Uh, the only issue is there. They had three guys in Smith, Kelly, and Nelson, missed 13 games. They got Stephen Gilmore. Uh, I think they're going to be really solid. Gilmore, by the way, 20 passes defended in 18 and 19, but he tailed off the last uh, two years because of injury. So if he gets gets back to full strength. Uh, the issue is for Tennessee, you got a number of guys coming off ACL uh, injuries. Khalid Farley, who's going to replace Jack Rabbit Jenkins, ACL. Then they brought over Robert Woods from the Rams, off an ACL. Taylor Lewin, left tackle, off an ACL injury. Uh, I don't think Derrick Henry is all that. Uh, he was 4.3 yards per carry last year with a 76-yard run in there. So you back that out. He was actually under four. He's okay, and he's running behind a really poor offensive line. I mean, this offensive line is bad. So uh, I, I don't see the Titans doing much. Their right tackle, Raddins, this guy is like down below. He's almost last. So uh, I, I, I see Indy winning this division. No problem. You get Matt Ryan. Should be easy. So it's the, and obviously when you're talking about the correlations, if the Titans aren't as good as expected, it certainly makes things a lot easier for Indy to win the division. So if you like Tennessee under their win total, you can make, make make turn one bet into two bets. That also you know Tennessee under equals Indy to win the division. Let's talk one more real quick, and I know you've, it's, it's a, a, a team you brought up a couple times as one you don't like. Tell us why you don't like the Chicago Bears uh, in about a minute, if you can. 
All right, so they, they they had one of the worst offensive lines last year. They gave up 58 sacks. Field absorbed 38. Dalton absorbed, uh, absorbed 18. And then Nick Foles, four, the one game he played. Left tackle stinks for him. Uh, they didn't tap into the draft until uh, uh, fifth and sixth rounders for offensive linemen. They're going to be the reserves. And I, I just don't think this uh, team has much. Montgomery, by the way, 3.8 yards per carry. That's not going to get you much in the NFL. Uh, they closed out the year 3-9 and nine last year, two-point win over Detroit, one-point win over Seattle. They're just not good. Uh, I, just, yeah. I, I, don't see them winning, I don't see them winning seven games. And the, the, for me, the biggest issue with the Bears, and, and maybe the number one reason why I dislike this team this year, are the salary cap woes. You know, this is a team that had an enormous salary cap problem. And basically, with a new GM and a new head coach, they've said, we're going to bite the bullet the first year, take the losses, clear the cap space, and then next year we'll be more competitive. So <clears throat> no pressure on anyone in Chicago to win now. They've made an organizational decision. We're looking to the future. Paul Bovey, great talking NFL with you, dude. Really enjoyed this segment. Tell folks what you do and where they can find you. So you can find me on Twitter, at Paul Bovey, uh, Vegas Insider. My picks are sold there. VegasInsider.com, one of the leading sports information websites out there. So, uh, yeah, that's it, Ted. I always enjoy uh, commiserating with you, and I hope to see you in a few weeks. And you're the man, buddy. Well, so you're in Mexico now. You're going to be here in Vegas in a few weeks. You got about the, in, in ten seconds or less. Where are you spending football season this year? Well, I'm going to spend it here and hope I don't have any issues getting all these games. So uh, that's a concern that is weighing on me right now. But I think I can manage it. Awesome, Paul Bovey hanging out in Mexico by the pool. Giving us his analysis right here, right now. Appreciate your time and effort, Paul. We'll talk to you again. Best of luck this weekend next in the preseason. Coverage continues Thanks, after this brief commercial message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's 2022, okay? Live radio is cool, no question. But if you happen to miss any portion of today's program, you want to go back and hear something that Paul Bovey said uh, about the Chicago Bears or whatever other teams he was talking about, if you want to uh, uh, go back to the archives, listen to old shows, bad predictions I've made in the past, this show, yesterday's show, next week's show's, Every show is available for download wherever you download your podcast outlets. Just search Cover It with Teddy Covers. You download it and consume it at your own convenience. So we made it as easy as we can. Just search Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can download this show or any show I've ever done on the Sports Grid Radio Network. So Paul just gave us a play where he liked the Raiders as home favorites on Sunday the 14th in the official NFL preseason week one. I'm going to talk about why I don't like the Raiders in the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, they're short favorites. They're minus two, minus one and a half, minus two. And if I'm taking the dog, 
on the Jags, I want the plus two, not the money line. So many preseason games will end on a made or missed two-point conversion. But when you talk about track records, Doug Peterson for the Jaguars. First year in Philly, 4-0 in the preseason. Josh McDaniels for the Raiders. Again, two first-year head coaches, both who have previous experience. Peterson went 4-0 in his first year. McDaniels went 0-4 with the Broncos, and then 1-3 the second year. So he has one win in eight preseason coaching matchups. The Jags care about winning right now. This is a team that didn't win games last year. All right. I think there's something to be said for Jacksonville in the Hall of Fame game as an underdog against the Raiders. I don't trust Las Vegas to cover the number. Give me the Jags plus two for the Hall of Fame game on Thursday night. And that's going to wrap it for Cover It with Teddy Covers this week. We'll do it again next week right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Cheers. <laughs>